Let my prayer be set forth in thy sight as the incense, and let the lifting up of my hands be an evening sacrifice. Let us humbly confess our sins unto Almighty God. Almighty and most merciful Father, we have erred and strayed from thy ways like lost sheep. We have followed too much the devices and desires of our own hearts. We have offended against thy holy laws. We have left undone those things which we ought to have done, and we have done those things which we ought not to have done, and there is no health in us. But thou, O Lord, have mercy upon us, miserable offenders. Spare thou those, O God, who confess their faults. Restore thou those who are penitent, according to thy promises declared unto mankind in Christ Jesus our Lord. And grant, O most merciful Father, for his sake, that we may hereafter live a godly, righteous, and sober life, to the glory of thy holy name. Amen. The Almighty and merciful Lord grant you absolution and remission of all your sins, true repentance, amendment of life, and the grace and consolation of his Holy Spirit. Amen. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. O Lord, open thou our lips. And our mouth shall show forth thy praise. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Ghost. As it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. Praise ye the Lord. The Lord's name be praised. Psalms 6 and Psalms 26, beginning on page 348. O Lord, rebuke me not in thine indignation, neither chasten me in thy displeasure. Have mercy upon me, O Lord, for I am weak. O Lord, heal me, for my bones are vexed. My soul also is sore troubled, but Lord, how long wilt thou punish me? Turn thee, O Lord, and deliver my soul. O save me for thy mercy's sake. For in death no man remembereth thee. And who will give thee thanks in the pit? I am weary of my groaning. Every night wash I my bed and water my couch with my tears. My beauty is gone for very trouble and worn away because of all mine enemies. Away from me, all ye that work iniquity, for the Lord hath heard the voice of my weeping. The Lord hath heard my petition. The Lord will receive my prayer. All mine enemies shall be confounded and sore vexed. They shall be turned back and put to shame suddenly. Psalm 26 Be thou my judge, O Lord, for I have walked innocently. My trust hath been also in the Lord, therefore shall I not fall. Examine me, O Lord, and prove me. Try out my reins and my heart. For thy loving kindness is ever before mine eyes, and I will walk in thy truth. I have not dwelt with vain persons, neither will I have fellowship with the deceitful. I have hated the congregation of the wicked, and will not sit among the ungodly. 
I will wash my hands in innocency, O Lord, and so will I go to thine altar. That I may show the voice of thanksgiving and tell of all thy wondrous works. Lord, I have loved the habitation of thy house and the place where thine honor dwelleth. O shut not up my soul with the sinners, nor my life with the bloodthirsty. In whose hands is wickedness, and their right hand is full of gifts. But as for me, I will walk innocently. O deliver me, and be merciful unto me. My foot standeth right. I will praise the Lord in the congregations. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Ghost. As it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. Here begins the seventh verse of the first chapter of Zechariah. On the twenty-fourth day of the eleventh month, which is the month of Shabbat, in the second year of Darius, the word of the Lord came to Zechariah, the son of Berechiah, the son of Ido the prophet. I saw by night, and behold, a man riding on a red horse, and it stood among the myrtle trees in the hollow, and behind him were horses, red, sorrel, and white. Then I said, My Lord, what are these? So the angel who talked with me said to me, I will show you what they are. And the man who stood among the myrtle trees answered and said, These are the ones whom the Lord has sent to walk to and fro throughout the earth. So they answered the angel of the Lord who stood among the myrtle trees and said, We have walked to and fro throughout the earth, and behold, all the earth is resting quietly. Then the angel of the Lord answered and said, O Lord of hosts, how long will you not have mercy on Jerusalem and on the cities of Judah, against which you were angry these seventy years? And the Lord answered the angel who talked to me with good and comforting words. So the angel who spoke with me said to me, Proclaim, saying, Thus says the Lord of hosts, I am zealous for Jerusalem and for Zion with great zeal. I am exceedingly angry with the nations at ease. For I was a little angry, and they helped, but with evil intent. Therefore, thus says the Lord, I am returning to Jerusalem with mercy. My house shall be built in it, says the Lord of hosts, and a surveyor's line shall be stretched out over Jerusalem. Again, proclaim, saying, thus says the Lord of hosts, my cities shall again spread out through prosperity. The Lord will again comfort Zion and will again choose Jerusalem. Here ends the first lesson. My soul doth magnify the Lord, and my spirit hath rejoiced in God my Savior. For he hath regarded the lowliness of his handmaiden. For behold, from henceforth all generations shall call me blessed. For he that is mighty hath magnified me, and holy is his name. And his mercy is on them that fear him throughout all generations. He hath showed strength with his arm. He hath scattered the proud in the imagination of their hearts. He hath put down the mighty from their seat, and hath exalted the humble and meek. He hath filled the hungry with good things, and the rich he hath sent empty away. He, remembering his mercy, hath opened his servant Israel, as he promised to our forefathers, Abraham and his seed forever. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Ghost, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. Here begins the fifth verse of the eighth chapter of the book of Acts. Then Philip went down to the city of Samaria and preached Christ to them. And the multitudes with one accord heeded the things spoken by Philip, hearing and seeing the miracles which he did. 
For unclean spirits, crying with a loud voice, came out of many who were possessed, and many who were paralyzed and lame were healed, and there was great joy in that city. But there was a certain man called Simon, who previously practiced sorcery in the city and astonished the people of Samaria, claiming that he was someone great, to whom they all gave heed, from the least to the greatest, saying, This man is the great power of God. And they heeded him because he had astonished them with his sorceries for a long time. But when they believed Philip as he preached the things concerning the kingdom of God and the name of Jesus Christ, both men and women were baptized. Then Simon himself also believed. And when he was baptized, he continued with Philip and was amazed, seeing the miracles and signs which were done. Now when the apostles who were at Jerusalem heard that Samaria had received the word of God, they sent Peter and John to them, who, when they had come down, prayed for them that they might receive the Holy Spirit. For as yet he had fallen upon none of them. They had only been baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. Then they laid hands on them, and they received the Holy Spirit. And when Simon saw that through the laying of the apostles' hands the Holy Spirit was given, he offered them money, saying, Give me this power also, that anyone on whom I lay hands may receive the Holy Spirit. But Peter said to him, your money perish with you because you thought that the gift of God could be purchased with money. You have neither part nor portion in this matter for your heart is not right in the sight of God. Repent therefore of this, your wickedness and pray God, if perhaps the thought of your heart may be forgiven you. For I see that you are poisoned by bitterness and bound by iniquity. Then Simon answered and said, pray to the Lord for me that none of the things which you have spoken may come upon me. So when they had testified and preached the word of the Lord, they returned to Jerusalem, preaching the gospel in many villages of the Samaritans. Here ends the second lesson. Lord, now lettest thou thy servant depart in peace, according to thy word. For mine eyes have seen thy salvation, which thou hast prepared before the face of all people, to be a light to lighten the Gentiles, and to be the glory of thy people Israel. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Ghost, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Ghost, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, dead, and buried. He descended into hell, the third day he rose again from the dead. He ascended into heaven, and sitteth on the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From thence he shall come to judge the quick and the dead. I believe in the Holy Ghost, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. The Lord be with you. And with thy spirit. Let us pray. O Lord, show thy mercy upon us. And grant us thy salvation. O Lord, save the state. And mercifully hear us when we call upon thee. Then do thy ministers with righteousness. And make thy chosen people joyful. O Lord, save thy people. And bless thine inheritance. Give peace in our time, O Lord. For it is thou, Lord, only that makest us dwell in safety. O God, may clean our hearts within us. And take not thy Holy Spirit from us. Almighty and everlasting God, who has given unto us thy servants grace by the confession of the true faith, 
to acknowledge the glory of the eternal trinity and in the power of the divine majesty to worship the unity we beseech thee that thou wouldest keep us steadfast in this faith and evermore defend us from all adversities who livest and reignest one god world without end amen o god from whom all holy desires all good counsels and all just works do proceed give unto thy servants that peace which the world cannot give that our hearts may be set to obey thy commandments and also that by thee we being defended from the fear of our enemies may pass our time in rest and quietness through the merits of jesus christ our savior amen light in our darkness we beseech thee o lord and by thy great mercy defend us from all perils and dangers of this night for the love of thy only son our savior jesus christ amen good evening to all we'll talk about our lessons for tonight we begin in the psalms which um kind of magnify one another in the recurring theme of walking innocently and standing stably and upright for the lord um, and both of these have an, an, an emphasis, um, both in a petitionary way and in a way that recognizes that this is how God has come to act in the past. We've seen this kind of this kind of pairing of psalms and previous pairings where we have in one psalm an anticipation and in another psalm the realization or the kind of reflection upon something that was previously anticipated. But in this case, um, it's it's kind of going back to the beginning of the psalms, which has to do with um, you know, blessed is the man that walks in the way of the law of the Lord, right? And that he will stand upright in the congregation of the righteous. But the, for the godless, it is not so. They will not be able to stand on the judgment day. Um, you know, the, the poetic image of Psalm 1 is always that, you know, the, the righteous will be like a tree planted by the waterside whose leaf does not wither and, and everything he does, he prospers. Um, and this is reflective of stability and endurance, which has always seemed to be a correlative of covenant faithfulness um, and it's it's significant for us that we we connect those that put the poetic image of stability um, in the face of forces that would topple um, with covenant faithfulness what the poet with the what the psalmist calls the innocency um, innocency has less to do with i've never done anything wrong and more to do in this case with i am upright in terms of my faithfulness to the demands of the covenant um, to the to the law um, we understand, of course, that um, in the in the in the you know as people were illuminated as to what this meant in the Old Testament, that there was a, you know, a more incisive degree that was later that you know that was revealed to be the case later on. But all throughout the prophetic tradition, we see um, that you know what does it mean to be faithful to the covenant and so um, be one that one could, that could be declared innocent? Would, is it not that one offers their whole heart unto God and walks before Him faithfully? And observes the things that he has commanded them to do, um, and so the psalmist is is setting this forth as a way of creating, um, as a way of, of kind of forming for us what we understand to be the remnant identity of Israel. That the true Israelite is the one who 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 is faithful to the covenant, is faithful to the um, to the covenant relationship that Israel has with their God and that God has with Israel. Um, and that even if the sort of on the ground circumstances of of what of is of life in Israel or later on by the time we're talking about in our lessons tonight, um, the divided kingdom of Israel and Judah, um, you know, God is relating to whenever God you know speaks to Israel in a loving or in a chastising way, 
he's not talking to the political entity of Israel as it was known in the kind of kingdoms as they were aligned at various points as we, in the readings of the Old Testament. Rather, he's talking to that entity of the faithful that he is calling, always calling out from the morass and the messiness of the, of the political entity and the kingdoms um, with their various kind of rises and falls. And that's kind of ever true of how God relates to his people. Um, when he talks about his people, it's very, it's, it's, it's very tangentially referring to a kind of um, geographically defined people, although they are situated in the promised land. Rather, the promised land is really the, the stage upon which covenant faithfulness is always meant to be exercised. And that's all significant and comes into the backdrop of the prophecies that are being proclaimed to Zechariah in our first lesson tonight. In the first of the eight oracles that Zechariah will receive, um, we see this, um, this loving, you know, sort of lament that God offers over Judah. Um, and over Israel. Um, but we'll remember again, Israel in this case doesn't mean the northern kingdom that was split off from the southern kingdom and then was decimated by the Assyrians, although they're part of it. Israel means, again, my covenant people have been scattered across the earth and the innocent have been scattered along with the guilty. Nevertheless, I have not forgotten my faithfulness to my true people who walk upright under the covenant. And I will call, I will preserve their posterity and I will call them back to their land. But the kind of restoration that God has in mind in his prophecy to Zechariah has, has little to do with letting Judah and Israel get back to their kind of squabbling, you know, intramural debates or their kind of, or Judah or their, or within each of themselves, their, their rampant idolatry and compromise. He has no interest in restoring them to the thing they were doing just before they went off into exile. Instead, he has something new in mind. He is going to, again, revitalize and bring back, recreate that covenant people who are not defined by the, the sort of the histories of their, um, you know, their internecine fighting and animosities. He's going to bring back that people who are united as one people again, but united based on their faithful upholding of the law and, and the covenant. The riddle of this, of course, is how does one identify someone who is truly faithful under the law, given that the requirements the prophets are continually pouring forth to the people involve a complete sacrificial offering of the heart that no one seems that capable of offering more than in just the kind of rigorous um, ex outward observance? Um, that, that proves to be quite a difficult thing and compromise creeps in very easily. So what is one to do? And this is the thing we're seeing happening in the Acts of the Apostles, because even after the captivity ends, and even after the kings that held the people in captivity are all dead, and their empires are laid waste, and the people are technically returned to their land, it in no way reflects that one people gathered under the covenant in the full, full offering of themselves to God, in that faithfulness that God desires to, um, to sort of interact with them under. So what is happening in the Acts tonight is we were seeing actually the, the, the going forth of this thing, the actual restoration from the captivity, as starting with Jerusalem, which was, again, the, the, the beginning of the restoration is the restoration of the heart of that remnant people. Um, it turns out that it's not really Jerusalem, the city that God was always after again. It's the people that were concentrated there in worship of him. And so when those people are gathered together again at Pentecost and are 
in gathered after they are being scattered from to all the nations, tribes, and tongues of the world, we see in Pentecost the beginning of that regathering again of one people. And then from Jerusalem through the, again, the events of the day, which included the martyrdom of Stephen, the ascent of Saul, the Pharisee who's going to persecute the church. What do we see happening in all the mixed of like the, the kind of the loudness of all that? But little Deacon Philip going off to Samaria and Deacon Philip begins to, you know, share the gospel with the Samaritans who were previously the northern kingdom of Israel and had been hated by Judah and the, and the, and the, those at Jerusalem for centuries. He goes up there and they're like, oh, they received the gospel and the spirit falls upon them. And what we're seeing here is, again, the, the, that, again, that work, that promise made to Zechariah of gathering one people again is being fulfilled as has not been known since the time of Jeroboam and Rehoboam in the old, in the old testament. North and south are regathered together again because little deacon Philip goes up from Jerusalem to Samaria and there presents the gospel. And Israel is effectively reunited in every way that is meaningful in that moment. And so what we're going to be tracking as we go out is as God, as this, as the gospel goes forth, we're going to see the ingathering of the remnant faithful who have been quietly abiding in all these different places, being drawn up, being drawn out, and being drawn together. And that's the movement we're going to track for the rest of the liturgical year. So a couple thoughts for tonight. We'll turn down to our intercession on page 590. And accept, O Lord, our intercessions for all mankind. Let the light of thy gospel shine upon all nations, and may as many as have received it live as becomes it. Be gracious unto thy church, and grant that every member of the same in his vocation and ministry may serve thee faithfully. Bless all in authority over us, and so rule their hearts and strengthen their hands, that they may punish wickedness and vice, and maintain thy true religion and virtue. Send down thy blessings, temporal and spiritual, upon all our relations, friends, and neighbors. Reward all who have done us good and pardon all those who have done or wish us evil, and give them repentance and better minds. Be merciful to all who are in any trouble. And do thou, the God of pity, administer to them according to their several necessities. For his sake, who went about doing good, thy Son, our Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Ghost be with us all evermore. Amen. Thank you all for joining in tonight. And thanks to Aaliyah, my co-leader. I hope you have a wonderful evening and I'll see you all on Sunday, if not before. Thank you, Father. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much. Have a good night, everybody. Good night.